When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk and a brave new world which we're all living in. Um, it's Monday morning. It's time for a new show. Joined as usual, I am with Jeff Fader of Fader Knives and Mareko Momasi of Momasi Fire Arts possibly nursing hangovers from celebrations yesterday we'll find out guys how are you jeff how are things good busy 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 good you've been on those sandwich knives i've seen <sighs> yes last week was a last week was a marathon i uh created a system to make all the the serrations for my knives and i banged through 56 of them in three and a half hours all the serrations to the finish that was like so great and then uh i hauled ass and got all these handles on and i designed the handles to be a little bit easy to grind away and i just last week was like a I just, I was really, really happy with uh, the progress. So I'm going to be doing a lot of touch-up this coming week, sheaths, and hopefully everything's out the door at the end of this week. Ugh, and we have to move, I have to move, uh, we have to move our, we had a little shop in the city. It was more like an office, and we're moving out on Friday. I'm not happy about it, but better off, better off than not. Out the city, yeah, yeah. So you're doing Kydex sheaths for each of these knives too? Yes, sir. Oh, I got that coming next week. I'm pumped. Them. Super oh. fast. I'm super. I'm so. I'm the. That's the easy. The, I actually set. I set up the, uh, the electro etch right next to the Kydex situation. So hmm. I electro etch everything plus the signature of Trevor and the and the. Uh, the numbers, and then I go right into Kydex, so that I can make sure that I have them labeled, and you know I know what's what. So it's like kind of like a nice little system. So they're all perfectly nice. matching the specific knife. Gotcha. So yeah. You, you, you late numbering them as well. Sorry. So oh yes. Have a... Oh nice. yes. Oh yes. Got to number them. Everyone likes a number. Nice touch. And then they start to say, "Well, can I have number seven? And I, yeah, that's my lucky number. And you think I could get numbers? Th-? And we have this list. It's just like we have to do it by how they were sold. So it's yeah. just like hey, number man, of order. Yeah. yeah. Unless you know, unless we want to try to be cute. And, but at the same time, it's like I'm psyched to be done. I'm happy with how they turned out. The the uh, they're they're good. I'm 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 pumped. I'm done. I'm, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm tired. <laughs> they they do look all those serrations look awesome. They look totally uniform. Dude, I gotta give the first person who ever showed me about serrations was Mareko. So you helped me out and then I fine-tuned it down to a point where it was like a breeze. And nice. big big thanks. Giantus thanks. Uh well, Giantus thanks goes to me because I did it. But well, second one of the thanks goes to Broadback Ironworks because if it wasn't for the fact that I can go uh sideways. So I could have my contact wheel going up and down. Mm. It would have been a lot tougher. It would have been a lot tougher. So yeah. Broadbeck really kind of made, I mean, like I said, 
I put the serrations to finish in for 56 knives in three and a half hours. It's not bad. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. impressive. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Morocco, your week. Busy? Uh, yeah, I got a knife mailed out, which felt really good. Uh, except for <laughs> as I was uh, after. So my wife has been helping in the shop. And she took the knife uh, to go mail it out before going to pick our son up from school. And uh, I was sending the customer an email saying, uh, you know, I, I look forward to you putting this to work. And as I was thinking about that statement, I was like, fuck, I didn't sharpen it. No. <laughs> and so I, wow. and my wife had been gone for like 10 minutes already. And she was headed to the FedEx office. And so I called her, wasn't picking up, wasn't picking up, wasn't picking up. And I was, she, she apparently just happened to be pulling her phone out of her pocket oh because God. the guy asked if she had a phone number for the customer as she was addressing it and all this stuff. And my phone, and I was calling. So she picked it up. She's like, sorry, I can't talk right now. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> I Stop said, what you're doing. Stop. I said, nope. Don't ship the knife. I didn't sharpen it. And then oh. she immediately stopped talking to me. She still had the phone on, but she's talking to the customer service guy. She's like, I'm sorry. Uh, I can't do this right now. I need to take the package with me. And I was like, oh, oh my God. That was so I am, close. I am that was so literally anxious. a knife edge. Literally. <laughs> I'm so anxious right now. I would have, like, <laughs> shit the fucking shop. I would have taken my pants down and taken a giant shit in the shop. Oh, well, maybe oh not. My God. The most that, expensive uh, butter knife ever to be shipped. Fuck's <laughs> sake. Oh, yeah. So she got it back? Yeah, she got it back. Uh, bingo, bango, bongo, as you would say. And I got it sharpened. Oh. We, we turned around. And uh, she went back to the FedEx, finished it up, sent it out, and then went and picked up her son. The rest of the day went great. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if that had gone into FedEx and you had to make that email to the person to ship it back... <laughs> Yeah. Hi, fucking, I'm an idiot, was... and I totally uh, forgot to sharpen your knife. Oh, you watched... wanted a sharp knife. You didn't say you wanted a sharp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my. Is it sharpening? Is the last thing I do. It's the very yeah. last thing I do. Because uh, during photos and all other processes, I don't want to be hand handling a sharp knife. No. Yeah. And ugh. So that was fun. Uh, <laughs> oh, that other... was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'm like sweating. I said, my... Just. <clears throat> My wife's been in the shop helping. Uh, we got another round of Smith and Bard, a small, a small round of Smith and Bard knives that we're going to be uh, putting up for sale, probably ideally by the end of this month. Um, what else is going on? Oh, she's also been putting together the, uh, next year's Artisan and Steel calendar. We got all the artwork, we got all the descriptions. We're doing something different this year where we're getting QR codes for everybody, so you know, straight from the photo or straight from whatever the month you can pop in that QR code and go straight to their Instagram or their website, wherever you can check out more of their stuff. It's pretty cool. Uh, so she's been doing an awesome job getting that together. And again, that'll also, I think we're going to be sending that to the printer, uh, ideally by the end of this week. So we can start pre-selling that. Um, so keep so your is eyes. that a January to January thing? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, cool. it's January, December. There, there are 13 photographs, yeah. but there's only 12 places for months, uh, gotcha, in that yeah. one. But yeah, but it's a stand again. I think from here on out, we're going to do a standard year. Um, just cause that's how things normally work. <laughs> Christmas gift. Yes. Christmas gift there, right there. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, I, so I think I mentioned in past episodes, I've been working on some other small, like side projects and 
uh, uh, one of them was some woodworking, making some wooden spoons, some angel wing spoons. And so um, my, uh, what is it? My kids school. So they're doing, they're a nonprofit school. It's a, it's a Waldorf school. You can find them on Instagram, Oli, or sorry, Olympia Waldorf. And, uh, they're doing an auction and, and some, and so I'm, I'm donating some of those wooden spoons to be sold, uh, to help kind of s- support the school. I also did some bottle openers. I'm offering sharp knife sharpening, um, which is kind of a more local thing. I'm expecting more people from the actual, actually from the school to like buy those things but but the bottle openers and the wood spoons should be a cool um yeah again like craig was saying for christmas if somebody's looking for something cool um that would be a a nice gift uh but information if you go find them on instagram olympia waldorf the auction they're doing it from the 12th to the 15th so it starts like this wednesday or thursday uh goes through the the weekend and um and we're hoping to raise some money for them. Other than that, you know, things have been things have been pretty good. Like I said, I'm working on that Smith and Bard group of knives. Um, what else is going? on? I got a list of stuff right here because I'm terrible at remembering it. Um, oh, the other, the only other last thing I can think of is that I've been on a blocking rampage just last week. Oh, uh, I've been reading articles about all these like bots and how Instagram doesn't really filter out. I mean, they're kind of working on filtering out bots, but I've been noticing I get, I've been getting a ton of new followers and I haven't really been very consistent about posting lately, which is not good. Um, and I don't understand where these people are coming from. So I'm clicking on them and a lot of them have either no profile picture and no posts or just Mm. a profile picture, no posts or like three posts. And I'm like, Mm, I don't think you're a real person. And I've been going through and blocking tons of people. It's been a lot of fun. It feels it's, like a lot of it's work. cathartic. Oh, no, it's super easy. Uh, see, it seems like a lot of work. All that. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I, I guess maybe I, I, get, I have a problem. I, actually, <laughs> I, mean, I don't I, have the following like that a lot you of have. Sorry. Sorry, Jeff. Go no, on. I, I, I think that, you know, social media in general is a lot of work and just like having to like inventory or everything is it's even more work i just yeah yeah, yeah I, I say i don't have the following that you know you both you guys have um but i see that as well L- lots of sort of bots and you see then you know your following numbers like go up or go down by like like sometimes like a hundred overnight and it's like what's going on so i think it is it is instagram sort of getting rid of bots and clearing clearing out people's feet which, yeah. which is oh. a good thing and for me, it's kind of a way, it's like a stress reliever in a way. So if I'm feeling really stressed out, then I'll go on Instagram. I'm going to go block some people. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Jesus. Fuck you. Jesus. Listen <laughs> to you. Whatever gets you through the night. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Is it? That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Craig? How you been? Um, well, it's been a weird one. So I hit the ground running after last weekend. Um working super, super late into the night. So my wife's been busy. Her business is very busy at the moment because what she does, it, you know, the, the pandemic, it, it, it keeps her very, very busy. So um, I've been with the, with the kids most of the day. So I've been working sort of in the night. And I, I had two or three nights from last weekend into the middle of the week where I was literally working through the night till sort of 5, 6 a.m. Um, but I wasn't really getting any sleep because I'd be with the kids then during the day. Um, and it got to a point, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday, where I just I just had the whole day in bed. I, I was just done. I was dizzy. I could, you know, every time I moved, I was getting a headache and I was dizzy. I, I just hit it too hard. 
So I had to have like a reset, basically. I had a whole day in bed, did nothing. Um, and I've been feeling great since. So, yeah, it, it was a really weird week. It was, it felt, this week has felt like about three months. With what, you know, with what's going on in the world as well. It's, it's all been sort of playing on my mind. And it's it's just been a really weird week. But um, I've managed to get ahead of where I should be for these camp knives. They're due to ship by the end of, well, in two weeks' time, they're due to ship. Um, and I think they could be done by next week. So I'm going I'm to be ahead with them, which is really nice. Um, I'm getting to the point where Kydex of, of the 50 knives. Um, and I haven't really done Kydex much before. I've done them for these demo knives, which I did for the video for the camp knives, and a couple of knives of my own that I use. Um, so I don't really have a system for, you know, doing a big batch at once. So that's going to be interesting. And I'm dreading it, to be honest with you. It's, it, it's Why? The ones that I have done... Um, I'd say maybe 70% have come out good. I've got a big sort of scrap level at the moment with, with Kydex. Um, so I'm hoping once I've done 50, you know, I'll, I'll be on it. I'll have a system, but I don't at the moment. So, um, yeah, I need to give that a lot of thought, I think, because, it, you know, sometimes there's a job that you, it needs to be done and you just put it off. So that's 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 the one at the moment that's playing on my mind. So, But I'm what sure part are you worried about? Um. Just the fact that I haven't done it much. I said I've probably done 10 Kydex Gs in total, um, and now I've got to do 50. Um, I don't know. I, I just getting everything lined up, and I don't know. I've got I've got a bunch of new gear here as well, which I haven't really used before. So you know, it's getting used to that. Right. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I'm. It's just one of the. I'm being silly. It's just one of those things in the back of my head that I'm just like ah ah. I'm sure once I get started, it'll be fine. Just one of those things. Yeah. That's the hardest part is, is I try, you know, what I tried to do a couple of years ago was I tried to make, take, so take a sheath with the knife in it and then use that as the form. And mm. then I formed a small piece of Kydex over that to make like a template so I could know how to cut out the rest of it and then oh, mark yeah. my lines. But the problem was, was because the Kydex, the bottom Kydex warms up, I was losing all the, uh. I was losing all the um, retention, so I was, it w didn't work. So I just had hmm. to kind of like figure out a way to make sure that the spine is against the uh, crease and just yeah. try to really work hard to kind of like figure out how to make it as consistent as possible. But that's I like that idea of, of having like a, a relief mold kind of thing because that's the one thing that is worrying me, the fact that once you've done it, it's this big sort of 3D shape. And normally I'm very methodical of marking everything out, you know, where holes would be right. and, and all the rest. Be but because it's this, you know, this 3D shape, it's, it's hard to do that, you know, precisely. Well, you have um, a 3D printer. You could do that. I could. I'm I not could 3D make, a 3D printer or a, or a CNC or machine. Exactly. You could do mm -hmm. it. That's what, yeah. um, that's what uh, Aaron, last thank you, Aaron Goff, for coming on last week. That's what he has. He made, he made a, a, uh, a positive. So yeah. when the when the knife when the kydex goes on, it's the same every time. Yeah. So using something like that could help, and I'd still you know do the holes manually and the rest of it, but it, it just it'll just be sitting where I can mark things out nicely. And if you enjoyed Aaron's show last week, um, you may be able to hear more of him very very soon in a new podcast all about CNCNs. So yeah, that's mm. coming very very soon. Oh. What's the name yes. of the, the podcast? <laughs> We've come up with a few names so far. Go um, ahead. My favorite is Run CNC, and it's got the Run DMC logo. <sighs> you That's my favorite. Son of a bitch. What are the? Yes. Let's hear the other ones. Let's hear the other um, ones. So Run CNC. CNC chat, CNC talk, Ugh. and XYZ. I like just XYZ. 
It's those the axes that you'd, you'd use. X, Y, Z. That's your zipper. That's your... What about, your, what about oh, CNC right. milling factory? Ah, <sighs> these names are not getting better, guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're not... I like run CNC the, the best. No, I think pretty it's good. pretty cool. Yeah. <sighs> uh, but yeah, aside from that, I said burnout midweek. Um, back to work over the last couple of days. Um, and everything's just been going smoothly. It's just been really nice, actually. So... I'm ahead of the game with these camp knives. Um, nice. And then, yeah, moving on to moving on to new things afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Good. New design. Yeah. So that's been the week. There's been a lot happening, obviously, which I'm sure we'll get into during the show. Um, but first of all... Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! To the chopper. Um, yeah, even heat. So I'm actually going to be using the even heat for, for Kydex. I know a lot of people use these toaster ovens and so on. Um, but I find that <laughs> the very few that I've done, um, having the even heat seems to work quite well. And I, I've got this little sort of fixture that I put the Kydex on. And the minute that starts bowing in the middle, I know it's ready to go. Huh. You know, so. so, yes, that's, uh, that's, that's more Kydex news. We've had some questions. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? And these are all come from Instagram, so people have been Instagramming us at Knife Talk. Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. And we've had shitloads. Shitloads. <laughs> the first is from uh, Lauren Design. Um, and this goes into something that we were just talking about, actually. So um, they say, my Instagram account is set to private which means I have to approve all new followers. As I move forward with my business, which is primarily design-orientated, meaning I work mostly with other professionals as opposed to the public, do you think it would be a wise move to open my page to to any and all? Uh, it seems to be a lot of skeevy motherfuckers out there just waiting for someone's intellectual property to steal, which is why I prioritise privacy over follower numbers. But maybe I haven't considered all the angles. Um, thank you for all you do. It's awesome. I love it. Cheers. There you go. Really quick, it's it's Lorian. It's Lorian. Ah, right. Okay, it's, sorry. It's just a misspelling in the notes. Lorian Design. Yeah, he's okay. he's a friend of mine. He's a super talented guy. He does a lot of work with Nathan Carruthers. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? Keeping it private or opening it up? I think if the worry is intellectual property, I think if you're, I mean, we talked about this in the past again, but I think if you're creating something. You put it out there. Once it's out there, it's out there. And I think, yeah, personally, that's the part of creating something that I like putting it out there and seeing reactions to it. And I think if if that's your worry, I think, oh, I don't know, it's a bit strange. So I I wouldn't be worried about, you know, people stealing your ideas. People are going to steal it. They are. They're going to steal your ideas. Everybody is affected by everything that they see around them. They are going to be. They are going to steal it. But you just got to loosen up. Loosen up. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, loosen I guess. Loosen up. <laughs> if they see it before it's made, maybe there's an issue. But ultimately, once they do, once the product is created, um, they're still going to see it in some way, shape, or form, and they could rip you off from there. It would be a little bit delayed, but if they, if somebody's really trying to rip you off, but yeah, I don't know. Keeping it private, you gotta yeah. do. I mean, it depends on what your your goal is. I I, I tend to think that. Uh... When you're private, if I mean, if you're really that worried about people, I, I, I think that sometimes we get a little bit too, uh, 
worried about what might happen. I had a friend who uh, was going to do a, you know, Instagram, and he he made it very very difficult for people to get to, and it was just like it's because you know I know that, you know, the the harder it is to get to see your stuff, or the harder it is to buy it, the more opportunities you're going to lose. Yeah. Know? And, and mm. it's just, it's just a fact and, and, and you have to make the decision and people, thieves, people steal what each other says. I mean, we were, you know, as you, you, you see people say they regurgitate the things that other people, they hear other people say under the auspices of it's their original content. So, mm. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I make jokes that knife makers are thieves. All people, everyone's a thief, you know? So it's like, you know, I don't know. I, I I would have a hard t- I would have a hard time with business if I kept my Instagram private. Yeah, and yeah. I always find it weird when people do keep it private. I think, well, what are you up to? I think it's a bit shady. That <laughs> that that's just the way I think. Mm. But um, yeah, I think you just people are going to steal your ideas. They are. Um, but if it's something like a work in progress, maybe just don't share that kind of stuff until until you've got something finished. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very hard to sort of grow a following without, you know, if, if that's your goal to grow a following, it's going to be very hard to do that if you've got a private account. Right. Well, and the, the, the goal of building a following is to be able, especially once you get to a 10,000 mark or something like that, you can turn around and help like link, you can put link out swipe ups in your stories. Um, you know, it helps to move or kind of get your product out there even more. So it's creating a, a distribution platform basically in a way of what you of whatever you're making creating and yeah i guess if you are concerned about design uh people stealing designs the best you can do is delay it as much as possible but it doesn't necessarily benefit um kind of building up the excitement about something uh, that's being mm-hmm. created because i think that's one of the biggest things that instagram really uh, our opportunity at instagram really creates is uh, to kind of build all this excitement and anticipation. I'm sure all these people watching Jeff put these bread knives together, I, I guarantee there are hundreds of people who are like, shit, I wish I got on that, but it's too fucking There's, late. I think that we also we also put in what we think it we, you know, people give a shit. I, don't, I honestly, it's like, you know, it's nice to be able to provide an insight in what's going on and some people, but ultimately it's like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, in terms of like, I don't know. The answer is, I don't think there are a lot of people who are just like, can't wait to see the next step on this bread knives. And no, nobody, you know, it's a, mm. I think it's, it's just a question of what your intentions are. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I, 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 I credit Instagram for helping me create this business. So, you know, if I had been private, I wouldn't have the situation that I have, but, I, but I'm also not as arrogant enough to say, well, this shit's so private. I got to keep it to myself. You know, because people are going to steal. I'm not arrogant enough to say that. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And I think, you know, just be, I wouldn't say be careful what you're sharing, but, you know, it's, it's up to you what you share. I, you know, you see some makers and they, they, they put their family stuff on on their channel as well. And, you know, mm. and that's fine. And they're comfortable with that. Um, and some don't. And, and you know, it, it's up to you what you post. There's no there's no pressure to post to post anything. Well, I think but that he's could... wondering, is it a, is it more beneficial? Would it be more mm. beneficial to him? I don't think it's like, I don't think he's looking for the rules and regulations. I think he's just looking for, would it yeah. be more beneficial or not? Yeah. I think, I think if you're on the platform, use it to its advantage. And that would mean, you know, being public. That's, that's the whole point of, of a social network, to be social. Yeah. Good that's answer. Good. 
one last note he could possibly create another account that is a more public account because he does have a, i i follow him like i said we're friends and and he does have a lot of family stuff on there and maybe that stuff he doesn't want to be public but possibly it makes sense to make a second account and he does all these really great like usage videos where he's he he's a, a downhill mountain biker and he's clearing trails and taking down a lot of stuff using these knives and i think that's really good uh content that sh should be out there i think a lot of people would love to see that especially from a design aspect um or or as a potential customer want to see how that tool performs um and so maybe making a second account makes sense yeah makes sense okay who wants to take the next one the next one comes from Ito Matsu. Hey guys, I have a question. What equipment do you use that you've made yourself? Jigs, machines, uh, steel cut machines, presses, hammers, or something else? Especially the stuff you can't find in stock or that you need. Is there anything that you actually make yourself that you use? Thanks, from Dennis. Hmm. I, I made myself a little angle rest for uh, using on my grinder. Um, and it allows me to grind clips uh, or swages, as some people like to call them, along the spine of the knife very, very easily. Uh, they also It also helps me when I'm uh, knocking in an angle on my sayas. Um, and it's adjustable uh, to basically from perfectly flat 90 all the way up to like something like 15 degrees or something like that. Um, and it's pretty damn handy. I like that thing a lot. I use it. More often than I thought I would use it. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything that I've that I've really made for myself that that help with my process really. Um, Jeff, what about you? I'd like to give a shout out to uh, listener Mark underscore Smith underscore Knives or Mark Smith Knives. I'm not 100 percent sure. I we were you and I we we were a few months a few weeks ago we were talking about uh, table saws and our in, inherent fear of them, and he <laughs> sent a message with how to build uh, a sled and oh, a, yes, a sled yeah. for the and i put it on our instagram and i swear that was a, such an easy thing to build and basically and then there are different variations i know that jeremy spake sent me one that he had done with like um these hold down clamps so your fingers are out of the way and it was basically it's like a u with a with a saw cut through it and then you can you can it's a sled that you move across the, you move in front of the blade so you can it's much there's not a lot of there's no kickback and i was able to use it to make stops for scales and it was actually a really really helpful thing to have um it, it cut down <laughs> it cut down my work substantially <laughs> like i was able to mill down scales super fast and carefully so that was something i was really psyched so mark thank you once again that was really i wanted to give you some love on the last one but whatever yeah. but that was really I, good and that was that was probably the best thing i've made in a long time i liked what i saw you post recently as well jeff that little um holder oh, for yeah. when you're doing handles that's really handy that well when i so basically so when i was making sculpture and i'm making my you know lures that i painted they were they're not something you can stick on an easel to paint so i needed to figure out a way to um put them up in the air so i could paint them you know put them on a table or something so i was always making kind of like easels for every single knife uh 
on every single lure and then that allowed me to kind of carry him around and I could put him places and I could move him around and then I could also go from side to side and flip him around so I've always been doing stuff like that and this was just a way for me you know when you're doing a, a lot of knives and you need to you know you need them to dry for whatever reason you got to put them somewhere and run, I, you know sure. you can't just you know put them all in clamps so I, I I did this and it was something that I've been doing for every single set of knives and I have some that are you know for you know that are more you know I keep and some of them I just kind of take them apart and use the wood if I need to but yeah they're it's a it's like a drying rack it's like basically a two by four split in two with um, spacers so you can stick your knife and then there are outrigger uh, legs so you can it'll it, you can put it on your table or put it somewhere and then you stick your knife in between the two by fours and then it allows you the handle to kind of be in the air and it then will fall out and, and it's just like there it's very organized. So yeah. Very handy. That was, yeah. Craig, Thank you did you did convert that refrigerator, right? Oh yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I've got a like a drying cabinet, I suppose, for for wood. Um so basically took out the the well yeah, took out the chilling element on it, the, the thermocouple for that. Um and I put a a heater in there as well. Um, and I call it my even cool because it does the opposite of an even heat. So um, you can set a temperature and it'll keep and it'll keep my my wood cabinet at that temperature. And I also store things like my glues and that kind of thing in there, so I know they're always at a set temperature. Um, yeah, but yeah, with regards to sort of jigs and machines, I, I generally yeah, I I, I I use one that I bought. You know, I, I haven't really sure. made them. I guess I built my first grinder. I used that for oh, like yes, three years. Yeah. But outside wow. of that, it's just little things here and there, but not not a lot of yeah. things that get used a lot. I think there's just there's just so many things available that you 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 know that you can buy to, to you know to do what you need to do. Sure. And I'm a I'm a bit of a sort of a junkie for tools and stuff as well. So if there's anything that I think that could help me in any way, I'm generally getting it, you know? I, um, yeah, I need to be handy. I need to be able to make more, basically. I just had this image in my head of, like, a display cabinet, you know, like how people have models and stuff. I could see you having, like, this glass-lit display cabinet in the corner of the shop with all these f- f- cool little jigs and stuff like that. <laughs> stuff that just does it. Do you know, like, like in everyone's kitchen, they've got, they've got like juicers and they've got like spiralizers, all these gadgets. You think oh, that'll be amazing. You never ever use them. <laughs> Those things are terrible. Yeah, worse things. We have them. They're, 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 they don't work at all. Corgetti spaghetti is not spaghetti. It's still a vegetable. <laughs> it's not. It's not spaghetti. No matter what they say. Right. <laughs> but we do. Right. We always do things oh, that are. We always do things that are. You know, helpful. I mean, we do things. I mean, I made rests for all my. Uh, all my grinders so I can, you know, stand up against them and stuff like that. I think that we, you know, I think that's being able to be creative is important. Yeah. I mean, I've done things. I've welded up like pedestals for grinders and, you know, things like that. But, um, you know, small things, jiggy, jiggy kind of things. No, I, I haven't really. You make jigs? Jigs, jigs cheating. I use jigs every day. I love them. You fucking, every time I make anything, you always <laughs> bitch to me. You make jigs? Jigs cheating. <laughs> <laughs> a little jig alert yeah jig yeah. alert jig alert yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right okay this next one is from robert todd he says uh do you think uh that sorry <laughs> do you think people that didn't vote should have an opinion on an election ah topical topical 
Yes, it's an opinion. Everybody's entitled to an opinion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is all over the. Obviously, what's been happening this week is all over the news. And you know, I'm not. I don't. I'm not in the. You two guys are, but I'm not. But it's still completely consumed me all week. Completely. And you know, there's a number of reasons for that. If you if you have a look at, for example, if you like at U.S. military bases around the world, they're fucking Mm. everywhere. So I've got a huge interest in in what the U.S. are doing and. American media and culture it just creeps into everything. I mean, sure. the majority of the TV we've beamed into our houses, that's all from the US. So again, what happens in the US affects the world. And, you know, that, that whole Trump template has been used by the British Prime Minister and I'm sure lots of others around the world. And it was it was successful to get him elected, you know, four years ago. But I think this is a clear sign that, you know, normal, decent people have had enough and it's not just americans it's it's mm. everyone so yeah I, I haven't been able to vote and i i saw a tweet this week which, which i retweeted which, which summed up for me completely and it said um it means so much to me even though i'm not an american because biden becoming president is a massive fuck you to fascism racism sexism and just everything trump stands for so it's not just in the u.s but it's but it's all around the world and it's, and it's permeating i so, knew it i knew i knew it <laughs> What? I knew you were going to talk about politics. I knew it. I've listened <laughs> you to all that day, question in, not all me. Day. Not I didn't, me. All day. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. This is my safe haven. Knife talk is my safe haven. <laughs> but you know, I, I maybe I've got chip on my shoulder because you know maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be you know having an opinion because I'm not in the US. Mm. But I'm just making my point that yeah. it does affect me and it does affect everybody around the world. So I should have an opinion. I mean, people are entitled to their opinions. The, mm. the problem is, is and, and please don't DM me your fucking memes of all the, the things that you've known that you're going <laughs> to brainwash me into thinking about anything. I get sick of it. But at the same time, you know, it isn't a referendum because it wasn't a, it wasn't a uh, you know, half the people didn't vote for him. Yeah. You know, half the people. I mean, it's like, you know, we're, once again, we have an election. Where some people are happy and some people are not happy. And yeah. we're going to do it again. And some people are disenfranchised and other people aren't disenfranchised. And we've created this concept of teams. And instead of sports teams where you say, you know, if you have a sport, if I was a Knicks fan and the Knicks suck. I'm a fan of the Knicks, but they suck. And I yeah. can say that they suck. But at the same time with this whole political system, we're at the point now where I can't say my guy sucks. You know, and it's just, you know, we've, it's just so, so annoying. But tribes, not teams. Oh, yes. There must be people a meme wanna, for that. Gotta be. People want to fight people I, who there don't. There must be a meme for that that I can take and send. Tribes, not teams. Yeah. Oh, that's a t-shirt or a meme. I can, <laughs> that's a meme I can send in a DM. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me read something. Let me read something and then re, respond. Oh. <laughs> I, uh. I I remember growing up when we were learning about voting, like in high school and stuff like that. And the teachers constantly regurgitated the the whole like you know if you don't vote you don't have an opinion, or you don't have anything to say if you don't vote. If your voting is your way of making your statement clear. But I I also have understand now at this point that our the election system in the United States is very convoluted, like. It's crazy. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to most people, really. And I think by not voting, that is actually, I 
that is an opinion in a way by saying I will not cater to the system because of how ridiculous I feel like it but is. And so but I'm not going to partake in it. It's a poor, it's a poorly thought out. It's a poorly thought, it's a cut off your nose despite your face situation. I mean, it's like, I, I think that voting is very, very important, especially on a local level. I'm very, very oh, involved sure. in local, yeah. as on a local level, it's the guy who's going to make sure that they pick your garbage up. And it's, 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 it's the, the guy, guy that's going to make sure you get out of your ticket, right? <laughs> Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I got out. Of it. How did that go, by the way? We're, we're a couple of months down the line now. Did, do you want to know how that tickets? went? Here, here's yeah. here's the story. Here's the story. So, <laughs> right before coronavirus, I was coming back from Doghouse Forge, and I got pulled over by. It was a bullshit pullover, and I thought, Ugh. and the guy was nervous, and he was very clear that it was just like a bullshit. You know, he just pulled me over because it was two a.m. in the morning, and he gave me the ticket anyway. So I just said, all right, well, I sent it in saying not guilty and I'm going to fight it because my, my situation is super clean. Well, since coronavirus hit, I mean, I haven't gotten a fucking court date or anything. So I'm just assuming I'm like, well, well, you know, well, I'll just see, I'll wait till I get a letter from the city or that when my court date is, there was nothing on the paperwork to say anything. And then time goes by, I'm like, ah, coronavirus, you know, they they got bigger fish to fry than whether or not I could. And then I'm just like, maybe I should ask one of my police friends. And then, and then I'm thinking, I might, I might have like scoffed this ticket. I might get in trouble. So maybe I shouldn't do anything. So now I'm in this total, you know, totally paranoid situation where i'm too afraid to call i'm too afraid to ask anybody and i'm just hoping that it was a giant mistake so if you really want to know if i got it if i know the i don't know the this judge i don't know but uh you know i'm completely paranoid i know the dog catcher i might ask him because he might just like be able to give me an idea of whether or not i'm in trouble or not but i mean you know that's the the answer is i'm crazy that's the answer (laughs) (laughs) the answer is i'm out of my fucking mind thinking don't get pulled over you might have you know put you out put you in you know they might say you have a you have an arrest warrant against you you never know i i'm just so so i'm like uh i'm uh yeah i'm fucked up i'm a fucked up human being but at the same time it's like you know i think that it's easy to say it's easy to say uh, don't vote because not voting is your, this was the most amount of votes of any time, any time around. I mean, it's like, it's the most votes for a president in like, in like over a hundred years, like, like seven, 70 million votes or something like that. Or some a hundred million vote. Well, I don't know exactly the amount, but it was like people were activated and I think it's important. And you, you're going to start to see people take it more seriously because, you know, I mean, I don't even think, I don't even think Kim, Kim Kardashian voted for Kanye. It's fucking, <laughs> I, I mean, she congratulated Bill, Bill Biden and it's just like, whoa, 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 how can you, what are you, are you conceding? What's going on? You didn't vote, your, vote for your own fucking husband? So. Has Kanye conceded yet at all? Is he still I thinking knew he's it. I'm gonna, press, I'm gonna press fast forward. This is my time. My talk is my time. I will say one. The funny thing about podcasting in general is when you put a mic in somebody's in front of somebody's face, and I'm I'm basically calling out Fleabag podcast. Ours is a little bit Fleabag, but I'm calling out most podcasters when they when they get a microphone in front of their face, they feel the necessity to make a statement to the listeners as in mm. and i always love it especially when coronavirus is hit as well when you know this thing we're dealing with they talk about it in this way that people care and they think people care and it's always so funny so i'm always thinking about like with this podcast i'm not gonna talk about it but i mean you know we're a knife talk podcast 
I mean, the number one knife-related podcast on this on this German festive planet. But I mean, it's just, uh, do we really need an opinion? Do we do really people really need to know what we think? I don't, I don't necessarily think so, but I think it's funny that we have to at some point at least address it. Yeah. Well, it's it's you know it's the news yeah. of of the decade. But it's almost. Monday. It I had this all weekend. <laughs> I read about it. I tell you what, I get sent more fucking bullshit memes. This is the one uh, thing we'll talk about it on one of the dilemmas coming up. I get sent more. You need to read this meme because it'll show you what the mainstream media isn't telling anybody. And it's like, please yeah. don't send me your fucking memes. I swear to God, yeah. I'm going to go on. The, I'm going to go on the Momasi firing range and block <laughs> exactly. you, motherfuckers. Because it's just like, it's like. <sighs> Please, I took two. I took two political science classes in college, and I had a hard time. I thought my I thought my exuberance and passion would get me through that fucking class. No, 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 no. no. It was a fucking disaster. <laughs> Both of them were disasters. So I really stay the fuck away from it. And I'm not smart enough to make a an opinion. But I it. Voting is very important to me. It's very important to my family. Uh, my kid's going to be voting next, the next uh, for the next president, and I think it's important. You know, period. Mm. But at the same time, you can do the fuck you want. I mean, if you don't want to vote, you're, that's your decision. I mean, yeah, you're getting very abrasive there. I found my phone. My, if I found my phone, my phone was under the car seat, so I'm very excited now. Okay, cool. <laughs> I lost my phone, and I'm just like I'm sending my. I'm sending. You, you probably heard if you heard clicking. <laughs> about 20 minutes ago i was texting my wife can you go check the car to see if the if the phone if the phone's in your car and then could you call it so I, there was a lot of excitement because you know there you go nice i, I was Bert. trying to lead into something there go about ahead. being abrasive and that is oh how about the abrasives make the world's <laughs> best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size and at unbelievable prices Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now. 15%. That's a hell of a bargain. Damn. Do you think it's time to retire, Arnie? What do you think? I think I would love it if you brought back Carl Childs. I don't know if you still have the Carl Childs one. I do not. On, it's not loaded up on the system, but I do have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My old, my old, yeah. Yeah. Your old hand sanding buddy. Yeah, my old buddy. My old buddy. Yeah. Let's move on with another. Um, I think it's Berkey Wagar. Berkey Wager, something like that. Hey guys, have you guys tried loose particulate on the floor of your forge instead of the fire brick people uh, would typically use? If you had, what are the pros and cons of doing it? And he says, really inspired by the Jeff and his sandwich knives lately. Keep up the great work. Right. There's going to be oh. another sandwich knife out. That's that's the that's the um. trap door. That's the trap door yeah. for, guess what I'm going to be making? Inspired by it, yeah. <laughs> that's the trap door. I'm with you. I'm with you, Berkey. I would think loose particulates in a, in a forge would be terrifying, especially as soon as you turn the forge on. When you turn the forge on, there's a, usually a boom. <laughs> and I would imagine it would be a dust blast all through your shop. But I don't know. Hmm. I'm You're not quite sure what like he that. means by loose particulates. Because, I mean, I guess I've seen crushed up rock, like or crushed up old brick on the bottom of a forge. In fact, my forge has crushed up old brick on it, on the bottom of it. Uh, but I don't know if that's what he's referring to or uh, what. I don't think I don't see a benefit of. I mean, I don't see a benefit of having 
loose particulate as your base. I, I like a, you know, you can, sure. my, my forges, you can get a very easy fire brick and replace it. So, yeah. I will say regarding forges, if you have a forge made of just kale wool, um, that the kind of like the little particulates from that kale wool will kind of slowly degrade over time. And that is going into the air that you're breathing. Um, if you can, I would try to get a hold of some sort of high temperature castable refractory of some sort. Satanite, which is used to make hormones, is also really great for as a high temperature castable refractory or basically like forge concrete. And you can kind of help uh, build up a, a thin, even like a quarter inch layer around that or something to help keep that kale wool in place because otherwise that stuff, it's just going in your air nonstop mm -hmm. and that's going in your lungs especially if you're standing right in front of your forge or anywhere near your forge or you don't have good ventilation um but you gotta that's something folks might want to think about and i don't think it's really talked about very much but there there's some serious health issues that could come along with that we're not doing something that's health promoting this is not a byproduct <laughs> of what that's we're true. doing is steel dust is, isn't good for your lungs this what are you is talking not, about? The byproduct of this business is not health and happiness. Breathing <laughs> in harsh chemicals. That, that G10 dust is tasty, dude, but you don't want to be eating dude, it. Dude, that, that G10, P.S., the G10 dust, mm. I, when I, I have to wear long sleeve shirts when I, uh, when I cut it down because the, the, that stuff makes, I get like dermatitis on, my, on the inside of my arms. Yeah. Yeah, it's nasty stuff. Thanks. <clears throat> there you go. Thanks, thanks. There you go. Be careful. Easy, All easy. Right. This next one is from Jonathan Spencer. He says, hey, guys, how do you stay motivated on what you need to work on for the money when you want to work on something different for fun? Thanks and love the show. Ah, enjoy the journey. That's what I say. Oh, enjoy the, the actual you, making. Look, you. You know? mm -hmm. look at you. Enjoy and the journey. And for me. Yeah, and it's so <laughs> yeah. cheerful. Look at you. Enjoy the I had a journey. Day off this week, I'm very that cheerful. That should be your fucking t-shirt. Enjoy the journey. Live, laugh, love. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, enjoy enjoy the actual making side of things, you know? And and even if it's something that maybe, you know, you're itching to move on to the next one, there's always something that what I enjoy is if I'm doing a batch, for example, um coming up with ways to make it better whether the actual knife is better or or the process of making is better so as an example to go back to g10 which we just talked about um the these camp knives all the handles were cut with with the cnc here in the shop whereas normally i'd shape them on the grinder um and it would you know it was doing something just slightly different which kept my interest up um and it got me learning you know as i'm making something i'm learning at the same time and that and that's what really sort of perks me up if i'm learning something new so there's always something that you can learn on on any sort of any make you're not you're not always making the same you're going to evolve as a maker oh, look, listen to you it's so very inspirational it's so inspiration this, we're inspired oh. you're so inspiring oh boy <laughs> do we always have to be happy with everything we're doing can't we just realize that if you want to have a business it's all not wonderful sometimes you have to like enjoy <laughs> you have to enjoy the setting yourself some 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 dedicated goals and enjoy the satisfaction of meeting those goals that might not be fun can't we just I do that i don't get that you see i don't get that whole sometimes you just need to knuckle down and get through well it. you're it's because yeah. you're weak 
<laughs> no, you're I weak. think yeah, you're you fucking need, you weak. Need... You're, no, you're no, weak. No, no, you're no. a weak kneed four eyed fool. <laughs> Jeff, you're talking to a Jesus. guy who's probably spent hours upon hours Easy. staring at a screen writing code. God bless him. Easy. Sorry. Easy. Sorry. What I'm saying Sorry is that. you need to you need to get to that end goal, yes. But it doesn't need to be a grind. There's ways around it so you can enjoy doing that at the same you time. Just whistle. You, Oh, well, why, <laughs> Jeff, why do you why do you feel the need to have to have pain? What is that? Is there something that happened in your childhood? Listen, what, what? Let's go back. Go ahead. What, why do you feel the need for pain? I'll what, tell what, you. It's not pain. There? It's not pain. It's 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 feeling the need that I can be that I have a degree of discipline, and then I can I'm not at the will of my unchecked id. I'm not, it's not all everything else has to be happy. I, I think that if we're going to be serious, I think that it's sometimes some shit sucks and you just have to figure out a way to get through it and enjoy the victory over your weakness. Hmm. I, I, you, fine. I didn't mean to call you a four-eyed fool. You're, you're not that a, was pretty strong. Oh, I got a that question. was pretty strong. <laughs> I got a question need, for you, Jeff. How do you, how do you keep, uh, how do you then keep those larger goals in perspective while you're working through the drudgery. I mean, do you, do you have like morning gratitude pages or something? You do your water. What the fuck is a morning gratitude page? Is that some sort of like, what is that? I want to know what a morning gratitude page right now. Stop this podcast. What the fuck is a morning gratitude page? Have you never read the artist? Is it a euphemism for a wank? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, baby. <laughs> Jesus, where have we gone? Where Love we this gone? goddamn podcast. Go ahead. I I don't know what a normal morning gratitude page is. No, I'm just asking. But my my question is, how do you keep that shit in perspective? I so that you, so that you don't get just like absolutely worn down by the drudgery of the work. I my father was he worked until he got really sick, and then after he, he got really sick and he couldn't work, he died. And I and I, I I remember him always being very busy, and doing things that he might not wanted to do. Some things were very creative, some things weren't. But I he I I got the enjoyment of a hard day's work and seeing something through, and not being at the mercy of, uh, not being in the mercy of either being lazy or not being at the mercy of having no control over my decision making. So I do enjoy. Some things, sometimes shit's not fun. And I, and I come up with a, I have a, I have a series of deadlines and goddamn Tony, I'm giving you a salute, but sometimes you pull my deadline, you make my deadlines a little bit harder on me. And he's like, hey, what do you think? What do you think we should just have? Yeah, you could, you don't need to add extra week. Give me, give me that extra in this. Okay. All right. All right. And then I got to prove, and I have to prove to myself that I can do these things. So like perfect example is these goddamn uh, knives. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the drudgery of it because I felt like I was in control of the decisions that I was making. So in terms of perspective, I, there's a pile mm. of stuff I want to do. There's a pile of stuff I'd sure. love to do. You know, I'm trying to figure out ways in which to do it. And I've stopped working weekends to spend more time with my family. So I'm like efficiency. The efficiency meter is like I'm, there's some there's some like weird person behind me with a, like a fucking measuring stick are ready to slap me because I I have to be as efficient as possible otherwise I can't do the things I want to do. But I do find mm. I do find satisfaction in in having a degree of discipline that I'm not you know playing around. 
I mean, don't you get, don't you, I'm sure, I mean, before the coronavirus, you guys had friends who thought you weren't doing anything <laughs> and they wanted to go, hey, come on, let's take the day off and go to here, this place or that place. Let's go fishing. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then you have to say, I'm working, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think where we, maybe we differ is you've accepted the, the drudgery and your, your attitude to it is let's get through this. And then I've achieved a goal, and I, and I get satisfaction that yes. way. I get satisfaction in finding drudgery, and then how can I? How can I? How can do I it? No, no. How can I turn that around? How can I? How can I do this differently? If I hate doing this, how can I do it differently? That dovetailed. Sorry, that dovetailed into what Aaron was saying last week in regards to he's afraid that Hand Sandy. He's got to figure out a different way than Hand Sandy because he actually has physical problems from it. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. I agree. Okay. But I think that, I think that, I think it's <laughs> But uh, I bet you were one of those teenagers that you just couldn't, you couldn't let anything go. No, that's like, not true. As, as you're walking out the door, you'd whisper something and you close the true. door and walk away. That's not true, you little bastard. <laughs> I, I, I think it gets to the point where you, you also have to be like a little bit less, you know, crazy. But I have a problem with that. Okay, let's move on then, shall we? I got dilemmas too. Um, Anytime you want to, you want a dilemma. I got some dilemmas. I got a good one. Shall we do a dilemma? Yeah. Let me find. Um, let me find the things the, that make you go. No. Hmm. No, I can't find it. You just, things that make you go. Hmm. You did it. Hundred percent. There we go. Okay. Uh, okay. First one comes from Kale B. <laughs> Kale B. Kale Gant, who <laughs> AKA Kale Kale B. We love Kale B. He goes, hmm, I have a dilemma. I'm struggling to find direction in my knife making, particularly in the way that uh, of what kind of knives I make. I really enjoy both making chef knives and EDC knives, but I feel like I need to commit to one of them long enough to master the intricate details that go into making an amazing product. But I'm not sure which way to go. Do you think that either one of you, either one is better to master first or maybe be able to do both styles at the same time? Things that make you go. Hmm. <laughs> Fucking guy. I, I remember that guy. He had his hair pulled back so tight. I always felt like his eyebrows were like going to pop off his head. Uh, the reason why I'm wanting to limit the scope of what I make is that I feel like I've kind of jumped full nuts to butts into uh, as many aspects of knife making as I can. And it seems overwhelming task to get to an acceptable level of acceptance in all those areas. So he, he's nervous that he's overextended himself in terms of his designs and execution. What do you think guys? Mm. That's probably a reaction to, again, having Aaron on the show last week because he makes one knife and he's done that for years now, just working on this one knife yeah. and perfecting that. Um, it's, I think it, it it's different for everybody. Um, I don't think I could do that because I always like to be doing something new and learning something new. Um, and uh, you know, there's that whole argument of you know you could you could spend more time on that one thing and making that the best thing it could possibly be. It's it's a tricky one. It's going to depend on I think on your personality more than anything else. But I think if you've got a fundamental fundamental knowledge in making you know a good knife you can transfer that to various sort of styles. Um, and I think, you know, for example, I've, I've just started doing the camp knives as well as as well as well chef knives and, and even box cutters as well. So, that, you know, there's, there's a huge variety, but they're still sharp, pointy things. They're still, they're still knives. They're just slightly different shapes, you know? 
What do you think? What do you think, Maraca? I think, I think trying to, I don't know. I, I don't like the idea of, or I don't know, not necessarily. I don't like the idea of mastery, but I think, especially if, if you're new and I'm, when I say new, I mean, you're still like within five years of starting mastery doesn't need to necessarily be in your brain. You, you just got to focus more on learning, but I think you got to give yourself, you got to forgive yourself for making mistakes in the past. Like you guys abhor the, the first maybe few knives you made, but honestly, I think it's, it's okay to have like Jeff talks about artists having evolutions. I think it's as a creative person pursuing this, uh, craft, I guess. Um, yeah, just having allowing yourself a room to learn as you go and allowing for that kind of evolution to take place and i guarantee the knives you're making maybe even six or eight months down the road are going to be way better than the knives you're making right now i feel that same way about every knife every knife i i make feels like it's better than the last one um and i but i'm, I'm it's not like way past and far and beyond way nicer. I always try to find one little aspect to focus on and get just a little bit better than I did the last time. But I don't try to do the entire knife. That's just way too much. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And and it's already even just that one thing is a lot of pressure on myself. And and it's hard to be productive and maintain that level of kind of I don't know what to call it, but just to maintain that level of uh, uh, nuance and attention to detail all the time i think just kind of roll with it and i think it's all you know realistically i think it's more than fine to, to do both an edc and chef's knives you know i don't think people are are not looking at makers these days and saying oh he's not taking chef's knife seriously because he makes these edcs from time to time there's no there's no fucking way they're doing but, they're, they're taking the time to say that. But you do know a lot of guys who make hunting knives, who they make their chef knives, and you look at them and you're like, this motherfucker just made a Bowie knife for the, take the guard off there. Motherfucker, I'm going to cut shit. What is going on there? I, I think there's space for like generalists who do you know a bit of everything and those that really knuckle down you know in one design because... We've already mentioned everybody's thieves. Everybody's stealing each other's Damn designs right. and techniques and methods. So as long as we've got these perfectionists that work on something and do all the do all the hard work for us, as generalists can then come along and sweep up and just copy what they're doing. Look, look at you! I see you. God, weak, weak need. I think that <laughs> I think that we the problem is is most of this community overhears everybody else in this community and they think they hear words like shit knife that's a shit knife or this is a shit knife i hear even we've talked about like if you're talking about like making shit knives and then you get that whole uh uh imposter syndrome where you think i guess i think he's talking about my knives i think that you're mm. the most important thing is if you're making knives to sell that your customers are happy and that you stand behind what you're making and you grow without worrying about what your 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 peers are saying because ultimately they it's sometimes some of them are just difficult yeah, some of them yeah. are some of them are difficult and they're not looking out for your best interest. I think growth is important, but I think being honest with yourself and be and make sure your 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 customers are happy with the, what they're getting and stand behind your shit. Yeah. And I think if maybe he's going for like certification for example, let's say like a master smith, maybe you do need to spend more time on a certain model and, right. and bring that up, but 
who wants to be a master smith these days? A there's, lot of people. There's there's some master smiths out there who are massive dickheads. You know. <laughs> what are you so, talking? What? <laughs> Listen to you. Listen to you we throwing. All know what I'm talking about. We all know. What you're I'm throwing. About. F- you're throwing fists from across the pond. Look at you. <laughs> But I just think Jesus. it depends what what he wants. Like like you said, okay, if he's got a business and people are buying the knives, great. But also if he's more focused towards going down the route of maybe getting a Master Smith, maybe you then would need to specialize a bit more. That's what I'm saying. Look at you. Look at you. I think it's I think that whole that whole like aggressiveness from you came from me calling you weak need. I don't think you, I think you're trying to like four-eyed weak need. <laughs> four-eyed, you weak need, four-eyed fool. You got all, you got a chesty all puffed up. You know, getting all mad. People are going to see me as some like poor little pasty white sickly vegan or That's something right. there with the four eyes and yeah, knocking don't, knees. Don't, 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 don't attack vegans for God's sakes. <sighs> all right. That was a good one, guys. Okay. The next one comes from Rob. I P.S. I like the dilemmas because you both always deep sigh, and I always know that was a good dilemma. So, thank you to the <laughs> listeners for sending us good ones. This one comes from Rob McKibben. Things that make you go, hmm. All right. What do you say when someone says, "Wow, those are really nice knives. How much are they? Are they like fifty dollars?" And I ask, uh, I ask because this happened to me last weekend, and they just about shat a kitten. They just, I think, they shit a kitten. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. He said last week and think they shit a kitten when I answered. I don't know. I was trying to find the the correct the correct uh, tense for shit, shit or shat. But um, yeah, they shat a kitten when I answered. Thanks again. So how mad do you get? How bummed out when you get when you get your customers shitting kittens? Uh, I don't really get that because. I'm in my own little bubble here. Um, I don't sell, you know, locally. I don't do shows, that kind of thing. So, you know, most of my... St- if I am asked the question, you know, what's that cost? It would be like on Instagram, right. for example, if you know, it's a post. And I can just DM them a link then, you know, and generally you don't hear back from, you know, the majority right. of people. Um, but, yeah, I I don't do, you know, face-to-face with people generally, let alone selling knives. So I, I don't really get that. I I I don't get that either. I used to get that with sculpture. Sculpture people would like, like have a real like, I what uh, what? But I mean, it's just like, come on, man, this is a lot of work here. This isn't, you know, I just you know press go and the sculpture machine came out. You know, it's like, hmm. you know, there's there's things that there's things that make you go hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do get it from like family and friends. Sometimes they're like, you know, oh, I'd love one of your knives. You know, what would that cost? And I'll say, you know, but if it's family and friends, you can just be honest with them. You can say, well, it's not for you then. You know? I it's you know, just plenty of people will buy them, but it's not for you. I just got a guy who said, I need something very quick. Do you think you could do it by a certain date? And I wrote back, Yeah, I could do it. Can you do it within this price range? I was like, motherfucker, what are you, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? You want me to jump you the line and then you want to nickel and dime me? No, 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 this isn't for me. This is for my, this is for the office. Go call the office. And no. And I, I say, go call the office. And then I forward, and I make a call and I say, tell these motherfuckers no. <laughs> so it's, but I mean, that is something, you know, like, can I have the friends and family? Can I have the, oh, oh I love this thing. I, I want this thing so bad. Now, can you think you could knock off 10%? Like, no. Get off my, get out of my, you know, can, I working, can you work within this uh, price range is the best. 
Yeah. I, I get that with if I'm doing like a restaurant order, you've been speaking to a restaurant for a that's bit. Different. Um, that's different because then you know you can set up the design from that you know with regards to your materials you use and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, the face to face. I don't. And Ethel's gonna get you. She's gonna get you with the, give me the friends and family. <laughs> yeah. I think it illustrates the disconnect. I think perfectly, um, of people not really understanding that just like the amount of effort that goes into creating something. I think the I I get sticker shock especially when i was at shows all the time and then i quickly explained to people you know this took me two weeks to make you know what's two weeks of your time worth and would you just turn around and give that away for 50 bucks i mean even if it took you three days to make 50 dollars is not enough to get paid for three days obviously and so you know i think i i, I started kind of flipping it in that direction just to help people understand like the amount of effort and work that actually goes into it. And then, and, you know, even if they worked a $15 an hour job, you know, over three days, you know, what is that? 150 bucks or something like that. Ideally, hopefully more. Um, but I, I didn't do my math very well, but anyways, <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's, I, th I think it just, people just don't get that things when they're made by hand, like there's a lot more care that goes into it as well versus being pumped out on a machine. And, yeah. and that's a slower process and that's just, and it just takes time and, and those, and it takes a very skilled person. And I, you know, I know, but I'm there are the levels, choir, but... but there are levels, yeah, sure. there are different levels that you make concerted efforts in terms of like putting yourselves in a certain class and different classes have different prices. And that's just the way yeah. it is. I don't I, you're just going to get it. You're just going to have to deal with, you know, Joe consumer is, you know, for some, especially for someone like you where, you know, your knives are exquisite and, and, and I would think Joe consumer is not going to be the, you talk, you're talking to me here, I assume. Yeah. 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 I'm, 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 well, I mean, yes, but I mean, all of you, I mean, we're, we don't sell knives the same price as, you know, some dude on QVC. For ninety dollars, and it's like <laughs> yeah. you know. So most people would be. I saw. I was in the supermarket yesterday. There is a chef knife, eight dollar, uh, eight inch chef knife for seven dollars. You know, plastic thing, and you know it had it had Granton edge, a Granton Granton cuts, or, and I was like, oh, I wonder how I did that for seven dollars. You know, it's a. What can you do? You know, people just mm. you're getting an aggregate of crate of all sorts of crazy people with certain uh, opinions and intentions, and you just have and to deal the with minute them. The minute somebody makes that comparison of, well, I can buy a chef knife right. in, you know, in the local store for, you know, ten, twenty dollars, wherever it may be, that's a sign, you know, they're not for you, you know, it's it's as simple as that, and most people simply aren't for you. Majority of people walking down the street wouldn't be your customer. I'm not with you. That's what that's what Craig says. All right. <laughs> Next question comes from. This is an anonymous question. This is a very Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> How do you guys deal with all the ignorance and intolerance in the knife-making community? Obviously, this past week was, uh, was the election, which made things more heated, but I observed exchanges between knife-makers and other people that were crazy to me. What do you do? What do you say? Start a podcast and make jokes about it. <laughs> hey, you thief! Don't do it! Don't do it, anonymous. Call it knife chat. Or what? We've had some. Yeah. There have been some. There was some podcasts that have been very loosely named after us. That's very always very funny. 
I'm going to start. I'm going to call the the Mo Blogan experience. <laughs> the Mo Blogan. Bro <laughs> Jogan. I think the biggest problem this this is a good question because I know people get crazy. I think that social media has created the concept with a lot of people that they have now they are not they are now their own beacon of news information and it's mm. so crazy. I have a fucking friend on Facebook who it's very clear that he's doing his own version of a news network from his bed. <laughs> and he's and it's he's just he's taking stories and he's showing them to his aunt Ethel and all the rest of his family and he's he is trying to be discovered by, you know, a news network. Let's buy uh Jim Jim Jones over there. He's got his own bed reporting studio. And it's like <laughs> I think that we all need to, you know, I don't do politics. I don't talk about anything other than this business on, on social media because I'm not interested in your opinions. But I think that there needs to be a degree of calmness because you're also not going to change people's opinions. What do you yeah, think, guys? I think that's the main thing, yeah. Um, you know, social media is precisely that. It's social. So people are generally, you know, they're chatting, they're communicating. And I think we're, we're, particularly now we're, we're at this time where we've already talked about, you know, tribes, people are part of a team and you want to shout for your team. That's That seems to be what's happening a lot. Um, and I think there's a time and a place for that. And I think if it's a an Instagram account where you're essentially trying to sell knives, is that the place for that, you know? Um I tend not to put anything, you know, like that on Instagram, but you know, on on maybe on Twitter, it's it's a different audience, um, and and you know, things are slightly different there. And I think, you know, you got you got to <laughs> that was a move good... on, move on. We, we talked about, well, this. Move but on. I, don't know. I, I just want to say one word quickie. I, there's a lot of people who want to insert themselves into what's going on, and they just they're looking for a degree of. You know, the narcissism isn't just like talking about yourself. It's like inserting yourself into everything. And I need, I need to be talked about. I need somehow. I have a friend who sometimes listens to this podcast and he may or may not send me a message. He loves to send these, uh, I refer to them as propaganda memes where it's very <laughs> much along the lines of you're just trying to sow, you're trying to sum up a very complicated issue with a picture of, you know, of, Kermit the Frog drinking tea, and this is just in in order to be uh, uh, a propaganda. It's a prop. It's all propaganda from the left and the right. It's it's really it's just like you're just complicating an issue with it with stupidity, and you think that it's clever and it's original, and it isn't. And I just like I get very I I, I blast this guy only because he doesn't he never takes it well when i give him up when i say i'd like you to hear your thesis on this situation without you resorting to sneaking a meme in my dms and it's always like oh you want you why don't you go after someone else which is always i always like that i always i can get him to but it's it's exhausting honestly it's all, all right. exhausting there's a time and a place i think sure what, what's and, the time and the place um never and nowhere <laughs> Well, no, there is. I think, you know, political ideologies, they need to be talked about and with your, you know, with your friends and your family. Um, and that's how you learn. But I think if you're, you know, it's an Instagram account and you're there to sell knives, that isn't the place. That's that's my opinion. I, I do think getting fired up 
and having to respond because you think you're going to be the one to bring them to some degree of, you know, enlightenment is also a mistake. It's a, it's a, it's a humiliation machine. And you're just trying mm. to, one guy's trying to say the same, he's something he heard from somebody else. And you're just trying to like spit back and forth some bullshit. Everyone's, it's just like, you know, show me their food. I, I'll take a food pick right at this point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here's a good one from Bear Valley Things Forge. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> I have a major dilemma. Every morning when I'm heading to work, there are farm tractors going slow down the highway, which are really easy to pass quickly and safely. But there's always those idiot drivers that are scared and stay piled up behind the tractors, keeping other people from being able to pass in the short straightaways. When I finally get a chance to pass them, should I flip these people off (laughs) and let them know that they're assholes? Or should I keep... Uh, letting them steal a solid two minutes from my mornings. This is directly to Morocco. Yes, <laughs> this is this is your. This is, we're giving you the whole floor, sir. No dilemmas from us. Go ahead, answer the question. What do you do? I I live in the land of chicken drivers, and this happens <laughs> all the time. And I just. I try to, I've been trying to be more Zen like Craig and, and give people kind of the benefit of the doubt. Like, cause honestly, like I would hate for somebody to make a, a, a driving maneuver that they're not comfortable with that would ultimately possibly cause an accident, right. a, accident of some sort, uh, either injuring them or if I'm the car right behind them, you know, I get caught up in that or something like, that. you know, I just, I try to, I, I take those moments as like some uh, message from the universe to tell me to slow the fuck down. Because I, I honestly, I, I get really amped up, obviously, very easily uh, when I'm driving. And so I've been trying to slow down and be less stressed out for no fucking reason um, more often. So you're going to flip the guy how's off? That, or... How's that working for you? <laughs> Are you going to flip the guy uh, off right, or not? Actually. You can flip off, no. flip the guy off or not? No, I don't flip off. I feel like the bird is pointless anymore. It's like point. It's like as useless as waving to somebody. If you were gonna be like sarcastic and wave at them, you know, I think the bird's useless. So no, uh, I don't think it's useless. I think it's uh, pretty inflammatory. I had to get. I had to have a long conversation with my wife because her drive to work was very difficult, and they're terrible drivers, and she would flip people off. And I said. Hillary, they are going to, someone's going to pull you over and they're going to beat you with a fucking crowbar. So you have to stop. <laughs> you have to stop flipping people off. Road rage is for serious. So now she, now she, uh, she flips the bird under the window. So she's got like, she gets the same, <laughs> she gets the same feeling with, uh, you know, all the, what is it? All the juice and none of the seeds. So, yeah. I, 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 I don't like driving. If I didn't have to drive, I wouldn't drive. Sounds like oh, you're looking for, forward to those self-driving cars being more I would acceptable. be perfectly happy. I'm a faders are very happy passengers. I'm perfectly happy. <laughs> my friends used to call me grandma behind the wheel because I am one of those, you know. Oh my I gosh, just, 10 under? No, 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 no. Ten, not 10 under, but I'm like, I, I drive the limit. And uh, there used to be this one commercial in New York, and I'm, no one's going to remember this. Um, but it was uh, this this couple driving up the highway 
in like this nice, you know, uh, highway with trees and the, it's the summertime and there's like a pile of cars behind him and they're going 45, you know, they're going 10, 20 miles below the speed limit. And the wife says to the husband, you know, the people behind you were upset. They seem to be piling up. Maybe you should go faster. And the guy says, oh, no, it's a beautiful day. They can wait. They're not in a rush. And then it's a it was a public service commercial. And then one of the cars goes behind, you know, goes around him and a truck shows up and smashes him. It was like a terrifying commercial. Oh, so I geez. used to say to my I used to say to my dad when I was when he was driving, I was like, Dad, please, for God's sakes, don't drive too slow. We're gonna kill somebody. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I got some more for you guys. Um things that make you go. Hmm. So so the answer was don't give the finger. Or do give the finger. Whatever. That's the answer. That's uh, This one comes from Ben's Bites. Hello again. And thanks for running the podcast and sharing your information, knowledge, and experience. Uh, I'm considering getting an even heat oven for carbon and stainless steel knife heat treating. Dilemma time. I'm considering between uh, the insulated KO series versus the LB series without the coils in the back. Some reviewers say that the LB series provides more even heating. In, additionally, which controller would you recommend? Thanks for uh, your help. What do you guys think? Um, I I don't have the LB. I have the the older one with the 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 Ramp Master right. Two. I think is the controller, so not the new Wi-Fi touchscreen right. thing. You know, um, and you know it does the job perfectly well. It's uh, one thing that does bug Uh-oh. me, and I know they're a sponsor, but it bugs the hell out of me. Is be- I wish I could turn off those beeps because I generally set timers, you know, for when things need to be done because my shop is below the baby's bedroom. And this is quite a, quite a niche problem that a I've got, niche I problem. admit. Quite a niche problem. But if I could turn off those beep, 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 I'd be so much happier. Mm. But but no, I mean, it, it does the job perfectly. It's, you know, I, I don't think there's too much in it with regards to controllers, um, with regards to, you know, how effective they are. But maybe for usability, I think maybe the you know the new one with the the Wi-Fi and that just gives you extra features. You know, you're still going to be able to um, heat a blade and harden a blade exactly the same. But it's just making things slightly easier to use. Maybe Spence should definitely send you some like baby headphones so you could put on your <laughs> put on your kid. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. difference between the KO and the K uh, the LB is because there's no uh, coils in the back. You're not going to you're not going to possibly overheat your knife if your knife is long enough where you'd yeah. be closer to the coils. Obviously, the thermal coupler is at the top, so it's it's reading the, 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 the general temperature of the oven. So if you're up on that coil, it is going to be a lot hotter than you think. So a lot of times people can burn, you know, you can overheat the tip of your knife, which you don't necessarily want to do. I have both. I love the LBB. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And I got the tap <laughs> control too. But the best part is, is like if you haven't, if you decide you're, you're going to do a, you know, let's just say you're doing chef knives and you have a, 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 a 18, a LB18. So that means you have 18 inches from front to back. You can, you can't put it at an angle if it's a little bit longer. You can't stretch it out, but you're not going to be up on those coils, which you don't want to do. Um, and the tap control is just amazing because it isn't the Wi-Fi is great too. I mean, Wi-Fi the Wi-Fi is great, but the tap control is great because you can actually read and program in your uh, your your 
your heat treatment set, uh, schedules in a way that's very easy to read and edit. So it's very, it's a, they're they're very super user friendly. I love I love the LB eighteen. Yeah. That was that was the dilemma. Um, what what are you running, Mareka? What what have you got? Uh, I have the KO as well as the LB twenty seven. Um, oh, yeah, twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah. Oh. Big boy. That's for swords, baby. Wow. Mm. All right. Uh, that was the answer for that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I, I love I love my KO. I still use it um, for the most part, unless there's something really big. I don't need to go into the twenty seven. Um, I, I have. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I use the KO basically for everything. Um, and I I don't really uh, when I put the knife into the into the uh, the kiln. I think from front to back without going at an angle, it's like I have the 22 incher, uh, which seems like an odd measurement, but that's what it is. That's what she said. Weak need Craig is kind of you. And got me. Um, but I try to keep the tang, the the end of the tang where the the butt of the handle would be, as close to the door as possible, um, so that the tip isn't. Uh, you know, so far in that it's going to get overheated or anything by the coils at the back. Um, and I've never really had a problem with it. And, and I think the largest knife I've done out of there was, was actually the full, like I had to do it at an angle. Like Jeff was talking about mm. uh, when I was doing my sword for, for the first time I was on forge and fire. It was 22, I think it was 22 inches, um, uh, or 24 inches actually just the blade. And so I had to do it from corner to corner, and it heat treats just fine. Um, but yeah, ideally keeping it out of the coils, like Jeff was saying, is is ideal. And if if you depending on, I think just order order the kiln that's the right size for the work that you're going to be doing a lot of. P.S. That's a yeah. top tip that you glazed over. If you have the KO or there are coils in the back, you can you know heat treat it with the tip at the door, so you're not that you're you know, the tang is. Your tang is getting maybe get close to the, the tip. <laughs> the tang is getting yeah. close to the coils, but then you know you're in that fire brick door, which might be better. No. So that's yeah. a top tip. P.S. Yeah, I think the point to make is the KO is perfect. Yeah, they're good, great. They're, I mean, it's, even heat. But if you've got if you've got the extra, you know, the extra little little bit of cash around, splash it on the LB, and you'll just find things. It isn't that a much better, more maybe. either. Isn't that? Much yeah. More. All right. Next dilemma comes from Robert Dodd. As a beginner hobbyist wanting to learn to forge, should I invest in a hammer slash uh, in, in an anvil slash hammer surface or a forge first? So he wants to be a he's a hobbyist. I don't know if he's a hobbyist blacksmith or hobbyist knife maker, but he wants to know should he get a? I would imagine he's let's just say both. Do you get the hmm. anvil or do you get the forge? Chicken or the egg? Yeah. Oh. I, I think you're going to need a forge, and you know there's other things you could use instead of an anvil. Maybe you know some railroad track or something like that. But you're always going to need something to heat 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 up the steel. So I thought a forge would have to be the first, um, and a hammer. You know you can just just buy a cheap hammer, just you know. But um, you're going to need a forge, surely. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think getting having or creating a, an environment like a forge that is going to properly heat up any kind of metal, even if it's just a little fire brick forge, that's going to be more important to get that properly set up first, I think before having an anvil, but they're, they're almost like they're neck and neck. And, but you can, th there's a lot of stuff that you can use as an anvil. 
Um, but there, there isn't a lot of great things you can use to create a, a great forge, I guess. I mean, yeah, I've seen pictures of Alex Steele when he was a little young guy using sure. barbecue, a barbecue. You know, people. Sure. Here's my opinion. My opinion is when you start to cheap out on this stuff, on this introductory stuff, you realize how fast you can outgrow it. Yeah. You know, so I'm notoriously cheap, and I very much like to buy. You know, not spend the most amount of money, but at the same time, you do get what you pay for. So. Um, I, I think that, uh, back in the day, uh, when I talked to Jesse Savage, he said the best kind of anvil to get is not necessarily a railroad track, but just like go to like a steel yard and see if you can get like a, you know, an off cut or a block of mild sure. steel. That's your move. Yeah. I have some drops of some mild steel, but they're massive. I think one of them is three and three or three and a half inches thick by 18 by 12 or something like that that's and that big. that's like a strike plate right. you know that's that's almost you could put that like you send it to cliff and he could turn it into a swage block right um but that would be a perfect surface for forging on and it was free there you go yeah you just gotta Robert. move the damn thing and it probably weighs like 100 pounds <laughs> okay huh. the last and you you just mentioned like cheaping out i think if it's going to be your business you've got to think about what the return on that will be um, and a good example of that is is like the sandpaper that we Look all use. You. you know, it's it saves us time by using something that's more efficient. It's going to save us time. And a good example, as I say, is sandpaper. So we use even use, even heat yeah, sandpaper. Even heat. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. We use Rhino wet sandpaper mm. from Indasa. Um, and because it's more efficient, it saves us time, which then saves us money. So make sure if you're doing any sort of hand sanding, which I'm sure we all are, that you use in um, Rhino Wet. And you can get that from Texas Farrier Supply. They sell loads and loads of stuff for knife makers at TexasFarriersupply.com. And also, if you use the promo code KNIFETALK10, you're also going to get 10% off. So, yeah, you're a fool if you don't. Go take a look. TexasFarriersupply.com. There you go. All right. Last dilemma comes from Tom. Uh, Tom uh, Moss. That's uh, Moss Knives. Tom Moss. Tom Moss is a good dude. Here's my dilemma story. So recently, I used a lot of Coca Bolo. I also installed a window air conditioning unit this summer. While wearing a full face uh, respirator and using the 2x72 grinder, I hand sand, and, and, and I hand sand wood without, with, without it. When I wear it, okay. I believe the AC uh, and lack of ventilation led me to developing a severe Coco Bolo allergy. I woke up the next day with not only my eyes swollen shut, but my penis was ridiculously swollen. Skin, <laughs> skin, was, skin was flaking off, and it was red. Jesus Christ! It was as red as a shredder belt. <laughs> Uh, okay, wait, there's more to it. My what? wife was more intrigued with my junk than she had been in over a decade. <laughs> and it was a hard no, and I asked her if she wanted to take it for a spin. <laughs> so the dilemma, <laughs> dilemma is uh, a well-known <laughs> chef recently uh, I recently met had ordered a knife and now wants a few more to match using Coco Bolo. Do I move the grinder outside, use fans in Tyvek suit, and load up on Benadryl and risk my dick falling off, 
or do I talk him into something else? Here's this hot tip. Thoroughly wash your hands before and after taking a piss. So he got the Jesus. he got the big dick disease from, <laughs> from the Coca Bowl. Coca Bowl will give you the big dick is disease. Jesus. <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of these um, like exotic woods. They, if you pardon the phrase, they uh, they they've got the they're oily, aren't they? And I, I know a lot of people say you know maybe you should be using them in the kitchen because some people have these reactions to them. But I think. What's your dick doing near it? He you said, know? What he are you said, doing? He's not, Race up that grinder by about six not, inches no, so it's away. No, no, he said it. He said that he grabbed onto his penis when he took a piss after he was working with the wood. Oh, That's okay. why, his, okay. you know, it's, it wasn't because he was aiming spread eagle at the grinder with his pants off, <laughs> shooting Coco Bolo in his, his wiener. push deck. His push yeah. deck. <laughs> This is perfect. I've been waiting for some dick humor for a long time. Oh, Thank God, you, Tom, dude. for your swollen penis. Uh, have you had any reactions to using any woods at um, all? I have had reactions to ePay. When I was helping somebody do a, uh, a deck using ePay, ePay is that wood that they store in the, under the river. <laughs> this is a, is a impervious shit. And... Under the river. Well, that yeah, they're, they're, they take the logs and they store them in the river. They put them down the oh, wall. like a like a like a bog oak. You would, I guess. Of. It's like is a, it yeah. is. I mean, it is is some it it's some tough stuff. And I definitely got a, a respiratory reaction from it. Mm. Um, I never had big dick disease. <laughs> I still don't. I still don't have it. But I mean, you know, maybe that's a thing. Maybe maybe big dick. Big dick disease. Wood is not so bad. You can sell Coco Bono dust. Right, listen, hey, of, hey, I'd love to make yeah. you this handle, but it's going to make my dick, my dick really big. We're <laughs> 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 so juvenile. I'm so happy. This is my happy place. Oh my God. Uh, I remember when I first started working for Bob Kramer, we always used Coco Bolo. And I guess uh, I didn't learn for a while that a lot of big stuff stick. That people had allergic reactions to uh, the wood, the oil in the wood. Woods. I never had any problem with it ever. Uh, or any. I've even used Ipe. It's, it's pretty dense, kind of gnarly stuff, but I never had any problem with that. Um, I've only had issues with synthetics, but. Yeah, Coco Bolo, Coco Bolo is an, itch, an iffy one. I've actually been very uh, cautious about using it because especially if it's going to be uh, just a knife that I make in general and just put out there in the world, um, I would be ca uh, concerned about that because people do have allergic reactions to the wood. So I, I save it for if a customer specifically requests Coco Bolo. It is a beautiful wood, but it also people can have obviously issues with it and yeah. uh, the re the resins and the oils and stuff in it. I think that just goes to, in general as well, how much we need good ventilation. I mean, we talked about, you know, using, you know, kale wool as well and the fibers and G10 as well. Um, if, if you're in an environment where, even if you aren't wearing your mask, there's still something going on as well to help 
whether you're filtering the air or you're pushing the air to one side with sort of like negative pressure, it's going to help massively. You know, I wouldn't necessarily just rely on on a respirator on, you know, because you're going to take that yeah. off and that stuff, those particulates are still in the air. So, yeah, see if you can, even if it's just a fan pushing air towards the extraction fan, you know, so you've got, you've got that movement of air at all times, it's going to help. I've had a dirty wiener problem. <laughs> I would, I would you know, work in a workshop... And your hands are your hands are dirty from working, and you go for a leak, and you get a dirty wiener. I've had that. Mm. Sometimes you have to learn how to wash your hands before you grab your penis. <laughs> so fucking. There's a quote. There's a quote. <laughs> so fucking happy. Jesus. Oh my god. Uh, and that's it, Tom. Just, just you know, watch out. <laughs> Watch out. We've got a million and one questions here. Shall we all just pick one right. each um, and then we'll we'll call it a show? I have a question. Um, I have a here, here's a question for you, uh, uh, Craig. What kind of gr- yeah. what kind of grinder do you use? Um, <laughs> we don't need to be talking about my grinder because uh, we should be talking about the one that oh. you use and the one that Mareko uses, surely. Well, we use the Broadbeck Ironworks two by seventy two grinder, and let me—that's t- <laughs> the one I want. That's the let one. Let me really tell want. you, if it wasn't for the two by seventy two grinder, I would have had a hell of a time finishing these knives as quickly as I did because I used the wonderful parts to it, being able to turn it sideways or or horizontal and vertical. It allowed me to do things that I would have had a hard time doing otherwise. I was comfortable using this machine because it allowed me to work smart and comfortably. So if you go to broadbackironworks.com, you put in Knife Talk 10, you get yourself 10% off on a fine grinder. What do you think, Morocco? I love it. It's it's a good machine. I it's it's actually a very well designed machine, and uh, I really love the flexibility of the machine. Like uh, we've talked about before, you know, maybe like. Craig's got a chassis already. We're not going to talk about that chassis, but he's going to be getting a tool arm, uh, the buffing wheel attachment arm that he can use on that machine. Mm. That's what I love about the the uh, broadback is just yeah. you know the thoughtfulness in that way. You know, um, being able to have that flexibility is huge. And so even if you don't need a new chassis, they have all times all kinds of really great attachment arms that you can use on your machines that you already have. So yeah, go check them out. That is very, very, very well said. So I've been, that's how I was swapping them out for with everything. But. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's take a question each. Um, I'll start with, with Coulter, as asks, um, if you had one question about the universe and anything in it that you wanted answered, what would it be? Oh, Jesus. Deep. Deep. I would ask. Uh, I would ask about. Uh, I was going to make a joke about Tom Moss, but I don't. I mean, he's a wiener, but that's a serious question. I think I would have to know why uh, we're, we're humans are so destructive towards each other and everything else. Why is that mm-hmm. necessary? Why can't we reach some type of human clarity? That's what I would have a problem. That's the, my biggest nice. beef. Because, you know, you don't worry about what ducks do, right? I mean, I mean ducks and mice, I mean, they do their thing. You know? but we, <laughs> we, we make, you know, and P.S., you don't see fat animals unless you're feeding them. I mean, they're, they're doing their things they're supposed to be doing. I don't think we're supposed to be doing what we're doing. 
Mm. I'd ask why. What what is our purpose? Our collective purpose as as humans? What are we meant to be doing? We're here for a reason. What is that reason? Surely it can't be to you know take over the planet and use all the resources up until we die out. There's there's a reason we're here. And what is that? Can I ask you? Why do you think we always ask what our purpose is? Isn't it? Don't you think that it's a little bit like we it's we we have to be here for some reason? Can't we just be? There's a reason. You know? If you look at nature, everything has a reason for you know it fits into the whole scheme of things somewhere. It does a job. But but there's what no reason job? That's, that's... for ducks to actually exist. Like, They'll so... eat certain things. Certain. Um... <laughs> I mean, they all figure out a way to work together yeah but there's we no have reason this, they taste they taste we have an important we have this we have this importance where we think <laughs> that, there, that there's some sort of greater we're out here for some greater reason and I, and I think that i don't think that that is a truth i agree with jeff i think <laughs> <laughs> mm. I, I, I think there's, i don't you see i, I completely don't i think there's a level of uh, human ha- humans have these uh, evolutionary difference that allows us to contemplate our consciousness in a way or imp- or that other or animals don't. Or so other yeah, other animals just like Jeff said, they just do their thing. But you you're saying that as as a human, um, we simply can't understand what what the other things are doing. They may be looking at us going. They're dull. They can't, you know, they can't smell a fart from three miles away where, you know, my dog can. <laughs> That's a special power to them. They think we're dumb. But as humans, we think we're top of the tree. We always do. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think we've all got a part to play. Not humans, but everything has a part to play. Mm. Um, but for some reason, humans seem to think we are the most important. God, this is I deep. I agree with that, yeah. too. So right, deep. There you go. That's the answer. <laughs> I don't know what I don't I have no idea what we said. I have no idea what we said. Okay, this one comes uh. from Derek. I'm switching gears because I was like, I don't know what the hell we're doing with that. Um Derek Lee Knives wants to know, hey man, I have a question. Um, what exactly does edge geometry mean? Is it just a fancy way of saying grind thick or thin? I tend to overthink everything and my brain is telling me that there's some math equation that I need to figure out. I like that question. We talk about edge geometry, and there is this like you do definitely seem like it seems like it's almost like a it's a word salad of like importance that maybe we're all not like maybe I'm not understanding what he's talking about. Uh, it's geometry. It's the shape. Simple as that, really, isn't it? it the shape is. It's not just the shape. Is the profile? It's not just thick or thin. It could be convex or concave, or it could be like like an S grind, but it has a bit of both. It's it's a mixture of thickness, shape. Um, and lots of other things. And, you know, the benefits, as we know, could be food release or they could be just ease of cut. There's, there's a bunch of things. Sure. Yeah, I, think, I mean, for me, I, I don't think there is any, like, one solid definition for what edge, or, like, you say edge geometry or just yeah. blade geometry? Edge geometry. Edge geometry. Oh, well, for me, that's just the angle that the knife is sharpened at. That's all. Ah, oh, if we're talking edge geometry, yes, yeah, yeah, makes sense. There you go. But you, you know, you hear people talk about blade geometry as well, and for me, that's 
that has to do with what the cross-section looks like, like you were saying, Craig, you know, optimizing the cross-section of the material to do whatever it's supposed to do. Um, so that's another way to think about it, I guess. There we go. Jeff's still thinking about there we go. Tom Moss's dick falling off. <laughs> I was <laughs> trying to figure out there. a way that we, you know, Craig was, <laughs> Craig was talking about the thickness and the, and the concavity and the, he was saying words. And I was just like, hey, how can I go back to Tom Moss and his, you know, <laughs> thick and, his thickened, his thickened, icky penis, you know? <laughs> I was, it, was a, it was a long it was a long bridge I, it wasn't gonna happen <laughs> would you like the honor of the last question Miranda? sure i got one here from matt malicote he says hey gents uh have an etching question when i etch blades i'm getting streaks or just very inco- uh very inconsistent etching on my blade is my fair contaminated i always clean the shit out of my blades before they go in maybe my concentration too high May, uh, maybe I just need to throw it out and start fresh. Thanks so much. Um, I have had issues. I actually, when when my blades start to do that inexplicably, I always contri- uh, attribute it to the ferric being not necessarily contaminated, but it just it gets old. You know, you can't use it forever, and so um, and especially if he's taking. Uh, the steps of cleaning his blade before it goes even goes into the ferric, um, then I would I would first start to question the ferric. The w- one thing I have started noticing, um, though, on my knives is when uh, I kind of quote unquote over polish or um, burnish the surface, which kind of closes up the surface. I get inconsistent etching, um, and that's because the acid isn't really capable of getting into the steel and eating away at the steel as it uh, as it ought to and so i go in and kind of quote unquote rough up the surface of the blade by gently pulling uh strokes at like a thousand grit on the blade and to just kind of again rough up the surface to open it back up so if there are any burnished areas that um they're i guess no longer burnished and and that gives the acid a place to kind of bite into and and attack and eat away and do its job um if that doesn't work i would definitely say it's the ferric and just um i would just throw it out you know you should try to properly dispose of it if you can uh and then yeah get a new batch made for sure is there like a guideline on how old is too old I don't think there is because some people do stuff to freshen up their ferric by throwing in um, some steel wool and hydrogen peroxide, um, which reintroduces um, um, kind of like that that chloride uh, and oxygen kind of element of the, of the acid as well as the iron, um, because ferric chloride refers to it's an iron chloride, so it's putting more iron into the acid it's interesting some acids won't activate or do anything until iron is actually added to it um even if you put a blade in you have to you have to add something like steel wool to get it activated and going and you know that might be the solution but honestly like ferric is pretty inexpensive and instead of futzing around and trying to figure that out that way i would honestly just suggest making a new batch um i think it depends on how much how many blades you are etching in that ferric. Uh, you know, if you've had it for a year and you've done a hundred blades in it, you know what? 
you, you've gotten a good run out of that stuff. You might as well just start a new fresh batch. Um, but if you've only done a few blades and it's been six months, uh, I would be concerned about, um, yeah, either something wrong with the con uh, concentrations or something else is going wrong. Um, but there's no real, like, you know, after so many etches or over so much time or even so much time at this much temperature or something like this, uh, the ferric is going to wear out. It's just kind of, you, you just kind of, for me, in my experience, you just kind of stop getting the results you should, you feel like you should be getting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the answer. That's the answer. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't do, you know, Damascus, anything that needs is etching. Um, but we, I will be soon, and actually the three of us will be, with some Dharma Steel, Ooh. which is in the post. It's on its way to us, which is quite exciting. So I'm sure I'll, I'll have lots of questions for you myself, Mareko, with regards to etching, that kind of thing. Sure. So, yeah, looking forward to that. That's a show. You, Thank what you about, all. You're not going to do our fucking, how's your week? Whatever, dude. Okay, okay. He wants those harps. I mean, I love the harps. That's my favorite part. I love the harps, goddamn you. Hey, Jeffrey. How's your week? I'm looking forward to finishing up these goddamn knives. I'm not looking forward to going into the city to pack my car up with stuff from the shop. But that's the way it is, and uh, I'm looking forward to peace and prosperity and hopefully happiness. Nice. I'm looking forward to um, sheathing, a week of sheathing. Well, not a week, but um, a couple of days where I'll be doing Kydex sheaths. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that I goes, there was some, that goes I well. I something else. I, I thought there was a euphemism <laughs> for your icky penis. My sheathing. No. no. And it's not yeah. icky. Can I just put this out there? It's yeah, not icky. Sheathing, sheathing your icky penis. <laughs> Is it my turn now? Yeah. There's only oh, yeah. three of us here. Okay. <laughs> it's just Craig's was so brief. Um, I'm looking forward to getting this calendar buttoned up and getting that up and available to people. I look forward to uh, getting these wooden spoons and these bottle openers uh, off to some happy homes, ideally. And um, and uh, what's going on? Oh, the Smith and Bard knives. I, I have another set of. I'm doing the Smith and Bard stuff. I have some. Ch oh, this is the one I really need everybody to pray for me on. Is <laughs> I have this knife that I'm making. That's a matching set knife with three chisels, all made from the same kind of steel. And I've never forged chisels. I actually had a really great uh, conversation with Keith from Shipwright Skills uh, about chisels. We went. We dove into those pretty deep, and it was. It was cool. It was a lot of good information. So I, th I think I got a good design, um, but I need uh, everybody to cross their fingers for me that everything goes smoothly because this is the first time I've ever forged I've never forged chisels before, and I could very easily screw this up. And I don't want to do that. And then just to don't. No. Mm. How will people be able to get hold of the Smith & Bard knives? Uh, so the, the newsletter, my newsletter is the best way to do that. You can sign up for that on my Instagram. If you go to my Instagram, there's a link in my bio, I believe that either takes you to the, the newsletter sign up or to the website where you can sign up. Um, yeah. And then regarding the, the, the wooden spoon and the bottle openers, again, you can go to Olympia Waldorf. Uh, uh, they have a link in their bio that helps you get, you know, put together for that auction thing. And, and you can buy those there. 
Cool. Cool. That's the show. Thank you all for listening. We should be back next Monday. Take care of yourselves. Bye for now. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.